Welcome to the I Work For Him podcast. I'm Michael Miracle, producer of the I Work For Him radio program, the voice of the faith and work movement. Our mission is to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. What does that look like in your workplace? Let's find out right now. You've tuned into I Work For Him, the mouthpiece for the faith and work movement. We're your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Thanks for joining us, everybody. And I just want to say, as we um, continue to have great conversations with incredible guests, remember that there is the Awaken Podcast Network where you can go and find even some of the guests we've had have their own podcast, but it's a platform where you can go and find people speaking into um, this whole conversation of faith and work, but in their niche. Maybe they're in social media. Maybe they're in real estate. Maybe they are creative and in writing, arts, or entertainment. We have those podcasts all gathered together. So go to the awakenpodcastnetwork.com or iworkforhim.com will get you there as well. And check that out for yourself and enjoy that resource and um, connect with a new podcast this week. You know, the everyday believer, not the leader, not the business owner, the workers who come home dirty every day from work, where has the faith and work movement been for you? Even on this show, we've struggled to offer many of you resources directed to you. We've done one show on God of the second shift and God of the third shift, but that's about it. But this ends today. Dave Haytag is a craftsman with character. He runs Edgerton Gear out of Edgerton, Wisconsin. Don't hold that Wisconsin thing against him. It's his story, and he knew that the people he worked with were underserved and virtually ignored within the four walls of the church, not to mention that the trades have been neglected and demeaned in our own country. When it is in fact, when it is a fact that our country is falling apart because we desperately need so many millions more to build up our nation once more. And finally, our savior was a blue collar worker, working with wood, stone, and metal to do carpentry in the first century A.D., Enough of where we've been, let's focus on where we're going. Dave Haytag decided to celebrate his blue-collar roots and his workers, and he wrote his story and their story in a book called Good Work, How Blue-Collar Business Can Change Lives, Communities, and the World. Dave Haytag, welcome to I Work For Him. Jim and Martha, great pleasure to be here, and I love your passion, and I could just listen to you all day talk about this stuff. (laughs) Well, we want to hear you talk about it, because this show's about you and your story. Why don't you tell us your Jesus story to get us started for today? Grew up in a home where my mother was a devout believer. My dad, um, we have a a, a legacy of alcoholism in our family. So my, my dad struggled with the drinking, and he became an angry atheist. So I grew up in this kind of schizophrenic home where my mom would take me to church as, as a little kid. And I remember all those Bible stories. My dad would want to take me out hunting, fishing to the bars. And about age 15, I really kind of leaned towards his way because who doesn't want to go hunting and fishing and hang out in bars? I started working in the shop when I was at five, um, graduated high school. People said I, I really wasn't college material. Um, so I became a, an apprentice working in the shop after high school. And Became pretty depressed, aimless, purposeless. I was drinking a lot, smashed up a couple of cars, definitely had a drinking problem. And I was also doing uh, endurance sports. I, I started getting in triathlons early on back in the 80s. <laughs> and it was on one of these long 18-mile training runs where I was depressed. And, and I'll be honest, I even had suicidal thoughts. Um, I Like, why am I here? And out of the bushes on one of these runs, a voice came out of the bushes and, it's, and, I, and it was so real. I literally stopped and I thought someone was pranking me, but the voice said, you are not alone. And I stopped and I go, what? 
And, and the voice came again, you are not alone. And at that moment, I knew God was very real in my life. Jesus was very real. I think the next nine miles, I just floated home and dug into the Bible. And I, I really need to get to know this, this, this person of Jesus. And life just completely overnight, it's one of those dramatic conversion stories where all of a sudden I knew I was here for a purpose. I love that. So let's talk about that purpose. You felt like you had a real calling on your life, but not to just be, in your words, just a journeyman machinist. So what was that calling that God pressed into yeah. you? Well, you know, I, I think when anybody has, it goes from such a, a, a dark place to something that's like, wow, there's a God here and I'm, I'm created for a reason. I want to tell everybody about it. And, and it's not just telling people about it. It, it is, what does this look like? Why, how, why doesn't, other people in church, why aren't they excited and joyful? And oh my gosh, I mean, this is incredible what God's done for us and how he wants to be involved in our lives. So with that passion, people immediately had me pegged to be a pastor. Because if you're passionate about your faith, you know, you go through this, this spiritual hierarchy where you got to be a pastor or a missionary or a youth worker. And I did all of those things. But, but to me, it was, I just wanted the whole world to have the sense of, of fulfillment and that sense of identity that that we matter and that there's a God who loves us. So the, the calling or that sense of, of purpose was, how do I help as many people as possible understand that? In your book, you wrote that, you know, you, you didn't feel like your calling was to be just a journeyman machine, machinist, but your yeah. perspective has changed, hasn't it? Yeah, because back then, um, as I, as I mentioned, and, and still to this day, we don't give much credibility or dignity to the average blue collar person, especially in the gear shop. I remember I went to a two Urbana conferences back in the 80s, where it's like, Lord, I want to serve you with all that I am. Where do I go to what do I do? So I, I walked up and down these aisles of the Urbana conference saying, hey, anybody could use a machinist? And not, not one, not even a maybe. And it, it taught me back then that the church has this really distorted view of, quote, ministry and what it means to serve God. So there is this journey that I went through where, you know, I, I did become a youth pastor in a church. I did become a youth worker. I did, I did short-term mission work. And through incredible mentors, a burnout experience in a large mega church, and, and a really better theology, <laughs> I came to understand that we are all called to be ministers. And my roots of where I've come from. God cares deeply for all of us. Hmm. That is so very powerful. I know Jim and I are probably both just uh, he, he, soaking that Let's in. Let's change the world together. To Let's go. hear <laughs> how God pressed that on your heart and to know that that is such a, that's a passion of ours. And that is why we're having this conversation today, Dave, to, to let more people hear that what they are equipped to do, what they are designed to do and they're skilled at and that where God hmm. has them placed that's exactly where he wants them to be so that they can live out their calling in that workplace. So that's so amazing that you um, started, you saw that in your own life, kind of through rejection, right? If I, I can imagine you at Urbana looking at all those different missions organizations, which we know are great, but yep. they didn't see that, yeah. that connection. And then you, you felt, you know, I, I, I can't tell you how you felt, yeah. but um, that wasn't yeah. going to give the answers to you. So, so um, I don't know how. Well, you grew up in edutainment gear, right? Yep. I mean, so yep. but you left. 
I mean, you like bailed. You like didn't you like go to the opposite end of the country to get as far away as you possibly could? <laughs> yeah, I moved to California. That's as far away as you could go. Yeah, Maybe Alaska yeah. would have been better, but you could have gone well, to the oil fields. I, I could have, but again, it was that sense that if I'm going to serve God, what does that look like? So I joined Athletes in Action also, and this message kept coming through that you you need to be a pastor in a church. And so I, I did follow that career path. And I, I even, you know, keep in mind, I wasn't quote college material. So I ended up going and, and getting a bachelor's degree from University of California, Irvine against my will, because <laughs> people said, if you're going to be a pastor, that's what you got to do. And then I, and then the burnout experience, which was very, very painful, led me to um, going up to Regent College um, to get a seminary, a theological degree, which again was really funny. That'll mess and, you up every time. Well, yeah. And it was in that, the, the, second semester of that year, I took a course on, you know, kind of your giftedness and your, your, your history and what God's calling you to do. And it was in that class. So keep in mind, this whole change of my perspective is, is come through a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. In that class, the course came back and said, quote, you are uniquely gifted or qualified to run a small family run machine shop manufacturing <laughs> company. And I just screamed like, "No, no, I'll do it, Lord! I'll go wow. anywhere else." And we're gonna hit, we're gonna hit that rest of that story when we come back. You're listening to I Work for Him as we talk with Dave Haytag. Check him out in his book. Check it out online, EdgertonGear.com. Get his book, Good Work: How Blue Collar Business Can Change Lives, Communities, and the World. And we'll find out how Dave ended up back at Edgerton Gear after this break. You know the kind of person that always tells you about the latest trends or the special deals around town. Well, lean in, because here's a message from that kind of person. The Awaken Podcast Network is the place to be. Go to awakenpodcastnetwork.com and unlock God's purpose for your work with help from some friends. You will find a gathering place of podcasts that provide simple tools, faith stories, and conversations that will inspire and equip you to vibrantly live out your faith in your work today. Go ahead. Check out awakenpodcastnetwork.com. And then be that kind of person and tell a friend. Hey, welcome back to I Work For Him as we're talking with Dave Haytag. He wrote this book that I loved, Good Work, How Blue Collar Business Can Change Lives, Communities, and the World. You can get a copy online at edgertongear.com, edgertongear.com. Dave, are you willing to give away a free copy of the book to somebody listening? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Does it come with a bag of cheese curds when they? (laughs) For those that missed it, he's from Wisconsin. Before the show, we were talking about our our affinity to cheese curds. The greatest meal on earth is a Fountain Dew with fresh fried cheese curds. All right. Um, uh, Call the listener line 866-713-9675, 866-713-9675, and one of you that calls in will get a copy a free copy of Good Work, How Blue Collar Business Can Change Lives, Community, and the World. The rest of you get to buy a copy right online at edgertongear.com. You know, and I would just imagine, I'm going to just interject this here before we go back to Dave's story, is that we have people listening right now that are like, wait, there's a book that is going to apply in their workspace. Whether they're, um, they're leading that workspace or they're working in it or they have a a family member or a friend that just has has not been able to be fed into with the idea of of in their blue collar work how God can use them. So I just want to encourage people to really think about that even as we're you know wrapping out the year, Jim, and and this is a great gift giving time. So it is that, for all your blue collar friends. Just a hint there. Get a copy of this book. <laughs> Give it to them. They will be encouraged. 
edgertongear.com you can get a copy of the book good work how blue collar business can change lives communities in the world and dave all those commercials come free right there okay <laughs> that's incredible so, so <laughs> you went as far away as you could from the call that was on your life you even went into the pastor which is you know it's something we talk about on the show all the time that people think well I want my job to matter. I want my work to matter. So I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to go work in a church or become a missionary. When in fact, your calling was in fact confirmed when you went to seminary that you were gifted to be a small business owner running a machine shop. That's incredible. That's pretty incredible. That's like the Holy Spirit kind of skewed those results to make sure, hey, Dave, by the way, you've been, you were right where you're supposed to be. So, so what did he do? <laughs> what did he do, Dave? After you took that <laughs> test and he smacked you upside down with a green treated two by four, what did he do? <laughs> Well, I didn't like the answer for one. Of course you um, didn't. You know, because in reality, the shop was what I would call the hole in my faith, where I've seen God work in church. I've seen him work in inner city LA in Mexico. We did our short-term mission work, all these different places. But the place that I didn't think God could reach was my family and the machine shop. Because this shop, those of you who are in blue collar world, you get it. You know, cuss, swearing, stealing, um, very decadent culture in a lot of ways. My dad had a quarter barrel of beer in the lunchroom fridge, okay? Granted, we're from Wisconsin, but we had a drinking problem here in the shop. Parties every day after work, and my dad would take guys down to the local bar, um, and they would drink during their lunch break, come back and run machines. Pornography was everywhere. It was a very, very dark place. So God, (laughs) I felt, said, you want to see how relevant I am? I want you to go back into the machine shop in the worst place that you know, darkest place, and see how relevant I can be through your faithfulness. Now, granted, I thought it was going to come back. All right, we'll come back. Had a Messiah complex. We'll come back for a year or two. It took easily 10 years before we really started to see a change in our culture. It was, it was 10 of the hardest years of our life. It took a huge toll on our marriage. took a huge toll on me personally. But, but through it all, God's just done some amazing, amazing things for our company. Mm. That's so encouraging to hear. But yet, you know, that, that it wasn't an overnight thing. I think oh that gosh, for a no. lot of people, that's a... That's an encouragement, yeah. not a discouragement, because they may be in that right now and saying, I'm not seeing the fruit. I'm not seeing the fruit. But to to stay yeah. steady and know what your calling is. So I want to switch gears, huh, switch gears uh, ah. just, just a little bit. What kind I of gear? What kind of gear? I don't know anything about gears. But Edgerton Gear, I'm sure knows all about gears. So, um, oh. you know, we ha- there is a the creation mandate to cultivate the earth. And we don't talk about that a whole lot. How does the blue collar work fit into that? <laughs> you know, that's a great question because I think that even that, that the whole framework of that discussion, the creation mandate has been framed by theologians and church people, right? Yeah. So we want to get all spiritual about this stuff, but the reality of it, God called us to build a civilization going all the way back into Genesis, right? And he said, build it, make it thrive, you know, well, how do you do that if you don't have miners and farmers and carpenters and craftsmen who actually do that, right? So in, in every way, if we don't have people who know how to fix toilets and how to make gears and build equipment, and you know, I often say that anything that you have on your body or in your home has been made with the assistance of gears. Mm-hmm. You know, so if it wasn't with gear makers, modern civilization wouldn't exist. So we can go to our church and we can preach and we can get all spiritual, But there's nothing more spiritual in my mind than making good stuff with integrity, with excellence, so that civilizations in our communities can flourish. Jesus got this, didn't he? He understood this, didn't he? Well, think about that for a second. He grew up 
in a family business, right? So by the time he was 30, he was a master craftsman. And we often say, well, he was just a carpenter. Well, the reality, I think the word is tecton in Greek of what he was. And it refers to a person who could probably design and build homes. He could do masonry. He could you know, do plows far. I mean, he could really much build and design anything. He was like a, a general contractor who could do things himself. So if the God of the universe came in the person of a blue collar person, right? Who are we to denigrate the blue collar world and think that we don't have much to offer to God's kingdom? Well, and we also have to keep in mind that because he was the oldest son, when Joseph died, Jesus was not only the master craftsman, he was also running the family business. Exactly. Kind of like you. Yeah. Well, that's when I read all the parables, right? There are so many of them are related to the marketplace, whether it's it's fishing or or building or farming, and and it's it's no accident that that he was so involved, you know, so integrated in his community, and his and his teaching comes out of all that what thirty years of history of being in the family business in his community. Right, it's amazing. You know, does how does Edgerton gear? demonstrate that it values its people. So one of the greatest challenges, I I often say that we're all meant for two reasons. Uh, We're we're two big needs that we have as people. And what that is a sense of community and a sense of purpose, right? So when a person comes to our work every day, they go, well, do I matter? You know, why am I here? And so we have to have this environment that one, we have a sense of community, but two, what is their purpose? We can put someone on a machine every day and and treat them as a robot, just push, push buttons. But it's my job to create an environment that, that shows that they're valuable, that connects their purpose to our greater purpose. So we often talk about where our gears go, you know, whether it's in the toilet paper machines, cardboard box making machines, um, aluminum can making machines, whatever. So they see, for one, that they're connected to building, helping, keeping the world function and building a civilization. But the second thing is really giving them the dignity and treating them with respect and giving them the responsibility to make decisions where we don't treat them like robots, recognizing that they are gifted, they are creative, they're incredibly intelligent, they're made in the image of God. So instead of me as the owner saying, okay, you need to do this and this and this, and, and really you know, kind of dominate them, it's that servant leadership of how I can breathe life in your giftedness and how can I help you flourish and succeed. So that's what our, we, we call our company a mentoring culture you know, where we are constantly trying to build each other up and, and draw out the, the excellence mm. in each other. How has this impacted by valuing your people? Let's just do a little business 101 in here. How has this impacted your bottom line? Well, the more I do this, um, and I know we're going to talk about a little bit, but we've created a, a class yeah, called- Don't give that away. Don't give that away. Yeah, wait, okay, I'm going to talk that. So- the more I value our people and give them responsibility, the more profitable we become, the more efficient we become, the better our customer service becomes. I mean, it goes on. And I've charted this over the last 30 years. And people say, well, how can you spend more much, so much time valuing people? It doesn't profit come before people. Like, you know, they're, they're, they're together. You got to have profit to, to, to function and to survive. But if you don't have the people doing their job and, and drawing that excellence out of them, you have no profit either. So it makes my job actually, it's, it's harder in some ways, but it's a lot more fun because I get to see them flourish and, and, and walk in their giftedness. And there's mm-hmm. nothing better than that. I imagine you're seeing an impact on their own families because of how they feel about yeah. their work as well. We're going to talk more with Dave Haytag from edgertongear.com. Get a copy of his book. 
Good work. How blue collar business can change lives, communities, and the world. Call the listener line 866-713-9675, 866-713-9675, and get a copy of the book, How Blue Collar Business Can Change Lives, Communities, and the World. Good work. We'll be right back. Want to build a profitable side hustle that impacts people with truth and healing in themselves and in their leadership? Then look at becoming a certified leadership coach with Giant. Giant has been in the leadership space for over 13 years and has over 500 coaches in over 127 countries. Their coaches are being hired by Fortune 500 companies and organizations like I Work For Him. Martha and I took the Giant Sherpa training under one of these great coaches to become leaders worth following. Giant gives you everything you need to start your own coaching business from scratch, like hands-on training from top-level coaches, access to an all-in-one online platform to run your entire coaching business, and you get to join a thriving community of coaches around the world. To get started, Giant is hosting a coaching business workshop to help you learn how to build a successful coaching business. This workshop is 100% free, and you can reserve your spot by going to giant.tv forward slash iWorkForHim. If you're ready to impact people and get paid to do it, go to giant.tv forward slash I work for him. That's giant.tv forward slash I work for him. Hey, welcome back to I work for him as we're talking today with Dave Haytag from edgertongear.com. He's out of Edgerton, Wisconsin, and he's doing good work with blue collar workers. And he's feeding into the people that he that help build gears at Edgerton Gear and they're changing lives. And it's fantastic. And Dave, we're so grateful that you're here. Thank you. Yeah. And your story resonates with us so much. And I'm so very glad that we finally were able to make this interview happen because I know our listeners, um, this is something they have not heard of a lot. And we want to get that word out there. And your book is a great resource for that conversation to begin in their own world as well once they uh, listen to this show. So Dave, I am curious, Jim was you know, kind of like, oh, don't give away anything yet. So let's talk about this conversation about, you know, there's not a lot, if any, high schools that are really focusing on the trades and manufacturing. You know, we used to have all those classes years ago, and that's been right. fading away. Technology has kind of taken over in some of those and, and budget. So how do you feel about that? And what have you done about it? Well, we're in a... I don't care what industry you're in, in manufacturing or the trades, we're all in a hiring crisis. There's an aging demographic where there's not enough young people coming in to replace the the workers that are retiring. Most shops that I know, the average age is between 50 and 58. And that wasn't too far off from our shop. So you think about 10 years from now, where are we going to be as a country? Where are we going to be as a civilization? We've got all this knowledge that's getting retired and passed on. So out of necessity and other reasons, um, I got invited into our local high school and to help renovate their tech ed department. And I looked around and for one, it was, it was in shambles. But two, I'm looking at these kids going, look at all the kids that have no sense of purpose and direction. The kids in the shop classes that are, again, not deemed college material. And they don't know what they're going to do with their life. And I'm looking at them going, that was me when I was in high school. So we actually started a, a, a class called Craftsman with Character where we allow the kids to come in. It's a semester-long class. And four days a week, they get to job shadow. And not only our business, but about five other businesses in the, in the community. And they get to see what's out there. We just help them explore and get exposed to all the different jobs that make a civilization our community function. But the second part of it is I get to have them in my classroom one day a week where I get to deconstruct their worldview, so to speak, and really teach them about character, 
what it means to be successful, how they need to get their lives in order, and how they need to seek truth about themselves and about really what matters in life. And the third part of it is we hook them up with mentors in our machine shop. And so you got these older, crusty machinists pouring their lives and giving them a sense of purpose where they're investing these young people. And we're getting some of the most shut down kids in school, not always, but some of the most shut down kids who, who just are really, counselors are out of, out of tools for them. And we're seeing lives that's absolutely transformed, mm. where these kids that people didn't think had any, any sense of purpose are becoming incredible men of integrity and, and master crafts in this journeyman machinist. Man, I have goosebumps just it's, thinking about this. It's what it was supposed to be. I mean, it just yeah. makes, I mean, how come stuff that makes, just makes so much sense, we just ignore that stuff anymore. And we do things that don't make sense at all, like build all electric cars with a grid that can't handle it. I mean, I decided, <laughs> why, why do we do stuff like this? But we're not going to go there. We're not going to go. But uh, seriously, I mean, our, I, mean, it's, uh, I mean, not every kid is meant for college. And because right. we've sent the last 50 years of kids to college, we don't have enough people building stuff anymore. So exactly. Okay, okay, okay. But you know, Dave, one of the things Reel that I, I took out of that was that it's so much more for you than just teaching them a trade. It's giving oh. them that purpose that changes mm. their heart for, yep. for the rest of their life because they have something that they can look to and... Yeah. Um, what an impact that has. You know, a lot of times we think it's the elementary schools that are working on the character and then that just goes with them. But you, you have to work hard um, to do what you're doing with your, uh, your staff. And that's just amazing. And what a great example. So I hope that listeners are hearing an idea that they could then take and say, well, how, could that work in my industry? Could that work in my office? What can I do? Because there are that next generation needs people yeah. feeding into them. So I just, I'm so encouraged that you're, um, not just you, but also your, uh, the people that work with you and work for you yep. are taking that mantle and carrying it forward. And what a well, huge if, investment. Well, I'm sorry. Community. Well, if people want to know more, um, we have a website, craftsmanwithcharacter.org. Okay. And, and I've got a lot of videos there. I've got, I'm willing to share the curriculum. I'm trying to, one of my passions in life coming up here in the next 20 years how can I help other communities start this kind of a program? Mm -hmm. So if your business or if your school is, is you see the need, um, we're more than willing to help share the model. Thank you. Craftsmanwithcharacter.com? Dot org. Dot org. org. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Craftsmanwithcharacter.org. All right, Dave, I want to plant our feet with a final question. Mm -hmm. You quote Paul Stevens in your book from his book, Doing God's Business. And he says, there's not one instance of anyone in the Bible being called to business, nor is there a single instance of a person being called to be a religious professional. Why is this so significant? So think about that for a second. If we tell everybody that they're supposed to be religious professionals, who's left to do the work, right? And, and the other thing is, we, by having this hierarchy of religious professionals, we set we give them too much power and they don't recognize that we ourselves are all called to be ministers. It creates this terrible division in churches, right? And so if we're really going to take this idea that we're all ministers, we have to take that idea very seriously and say, you know, the pastor in my church, he's just a guy and I'm just as much of a minister as he is. Because once you start internalizing that, that they were all called to the ministry of reconciliation, we're all keepers of the kingdom and ambassadors of, of the kingdom. 
our world can be actually turned upside down. But instead, we, have, we, we, we relegate, quote, ministry to the religious professionals without ourselves recognizing that, no, we are God's hands and feet. We're boots on the ground throughout our community. Hmm. Where is workmanship? Created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which were prepared in advance for us to do. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Amen. You know, that's scripture stuff. <laughs> Dave Haytag, I, can't, I, I hate to have our conversation come to an end, but we got to be done. But I want to just tell everybody, get a copy of his book, 866-713-9675, 866-713-WORK. Or you could go online to edgertongear.com, edgertongear.com. Get a copy of the book, Good Work, How Blue Collar Business Can Change Lives, Communities, and the World. Dave Haytag, thanks so much for being on I Work For Him. Jim and Martha, my pleasure. Anytime. You guys are a lot of fun, and I just love your message, so keep Mm -hmm. it up. Thank Thank you, Dave. Dave. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field. But ultimately, I work work for him. him. Did you know that God has a calling on your life? It's true. He's called you to bring Jesus to the world. For some, that may look like a pulpit or a foreign mission field, but for most of us, it looks like a construction site, a cubicle, a hospital, or a classroom. Wherever it is that you work, live, volunteer, and invest, that is your mission field. To learn more about integrating your faith into your work and retirement, check out our books, I Work For Him, She Works For Him, and I Retire For Him by going to iworkforhim.com slash bookstore. Thank you for listening to the I Work For Him podcast with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Please visit iworkforhim.com to learn more about connecting your faith and work, to join the I Work For Him nation, or subscribe to our weekly blog. You can also follow us on social media at iworkforhim to stay up to date and meet our guests. If today's message spoke to you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review will launch more workplace missionaries across America. That's at iworkforhim and online iworkforhim.com. I work the number number four, him.com.